what a pleasure it is to welcome the Fed Group to What's Next. And Warren Winchester joins us. He's the general manager for ventures at Fed Group. And for those of you who don't know about Fed Group, they're a diversified financial services group that offer a range of financial products across investments, long-term insurance, lending, and fiduciary services, augmented with complementary non-financial products and services that add greater value to their clients and their partners. And we're going to be talking uh, today about providing easier access to the necessary funding uh, that uh, can help address the key issues of food security and energy security. So a uh, great pleasure it is to welcome you to do the show and uh, really good to see you, Warren. Um, fantastic uh, to see you and I'm looking forward to our discussion. Um, you've got an interesting title there, GM of, uh, of Ventures at Fed Group. What does the GM of Ventures at Fed Group do? Yeah, thanks, Ali, Aki, and uh, pleasure to speak to you. Yes, so within Fed Group, we have various um, areas within the business. So Ventures essentially handles that part of the business where we look at our impact investing side. So looking at more around alternative investments, as well as providing funding made in uh, the agricultural space, as well as the green energy space. Okay, so um, do set the scene for us then. I mean, you know, we're going to be talking about food security, and this is a big topic uh, uh, globally when, you know, you talk about the world and uh, the, you look at the, the World Economic Forum. They talk about these two issues that we're going to be talking about, food security and energy security. And we know what's been happening in the, in the war in the Ukraine at the moment and the shortages and the energy crisis that not only affects us in South Africa, but many countries around the world. So please set the scene for us. Some of the issues around sustainability and impact investing are global issues, as I just mentioned. And in South Africa, issues such as energy and food security are daily challenges. I mean, we see this all the time. Why is Fed Group and FSP concerned about sustainability? No, for sure, Akia. And like you mentioned, you know, sustainability is a is a global trend at the moment. And at Fed Group, we firmly believe that uh, being able to be involved in uh, uh, sustainability is a is a key element that each individual needs to be a part of. So not just uh, within the private sector, within the financial services sector, but every individual has a part to play. Now, you know. If we're looking at ESG around the globe, there's been quite a few negative connotations around it. Companies uh, utilizing that framework to rather do less good than do actual good. So within Fed Group, around a decade ago, we made a conscious decision to be able to um, go a step further than ESG and really look at impact investing. So looking at two of the key global issues uh, currently facing the world being food security, energy security and sustainability as a whole. So job creation, but also management of scarce resources and everything else that goes along with that. What we did find that um, through uh, our decade of being involved in this is that it's, it, you can be involved in sustainability and still have a way of making it generate returns for you. So being able to, to create jobs uh, be able to manage scarce resources like water and ensure food security that you're contributing towards it, you're actually able to generate returns that, um, you know, buck the trend in terms of uh, ESG type investments, whereby you normally foregoing a portion of your profit to be able to do good. So luckily, through our, our hard work and the, the learnings over the last decade, we found a way of incorporating these uh, principles into the way we do business our models right. around this 
partners, as well as our interactions with the partners, that we are actually able to drive better returns. And that's driving better returns, not only for Fed Group and our investors, but for our partners and for the farmers and the various landlords that we're involved in at the same time. So we're constantly proving the fact that by uh, being sustainable in your approach and, and ticking the boxes um, in terms of the impact investing, we're able to attract more people to it because we're offering better returns um, mm. in, in those areas. Okay, well that makes uh, that makes perfect sense. Uh, when you look at energy and food security, and it's clearly very important, as you've touched on it as well. Uh, surely farmers shouldn't have challenges getting access to capital. Yet every day you find that's a big challenge for um, for for farmers. I mean, why why is that in the world? We, we should be making capital accessible easy for farmers, but yet it's challenging. No, definitely, and I think. You know, historically, there's uh, been a perception, especially in the market, of funders into these various areas that it's a very risky area to be involved in. And, you know, each sector within agriculture is nuanced to a degree in that, uh, you know, they might face different risks. The global markets um, a bit might behave differently if you're looking at something like pistachios versus um, something like uh, moringa. So it, it is quite nuanced and being able to actually understand the intricacies around each of these projects and the sectors is quite key to be able to unlock um, funding in those areas. So I think historically, you know, if you're following just an algorithm based approach whereby you input financial data um, into a system and it's going to give you a yes or no based on basic credit parameters, it's going to be very difficult um, for a farmer to get funding from the normal channels. You know, uh, agriculture follows very different cash flow cycles very different uh, revenue generating capability cycles so you've got to be able to match your funding quite closely to the actual operation on the ground mm. so if you look at something like uh, macadamias you know it might take six years uh, to bear any nuts and uh, only thereafter does it reach uh, full yield potential so being able to match yes. the funding and uh, that goes into that business um, before they start generating cash flows is quite key so it's really a long-term approach, especially when you're looking at uh, some of the sectors within agriculture that normal funding channels don't cater for. A lot of the time they're looking for like a three to five year investment return or funding. Whereas, um, yes. you know, within, we take the long-term view and we really partner with our partners uh, for the long-term because we see the unlock of value after five years, after eight years, after 10 years. Um, so being able to, to match that very closely um, to the needs of the farmer so that you're ensuring that they remain a going concern, that you can drive their yields, drive their profitability, is very key to being able to get funded into their world. That makes sense in a financial sense, that we can drive returns okay. for us and for investors as well as for the farmers. No, it's so interesting. And I mean, macadamia nuts is one thing that absolutely fascinates me. And I, I mean, I know you guys are involved on that side as well and uh, b blueberries and uh, all sorts of other crops as well. And I was astonished to learn that, uh, you know, we, we're the world's biggest exporter of macadamia nuts and, uh, you know, they're, 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 they're in demand. And as you correctly say, uh, so many farmers are switching to those crops. And even though it takes six years, but the profits that they yield from year six onwards are quite extraordinary, and it's it's fascinating to watch those industries and uh, and and, and uh, something like macadamia nuts. You know, who would have thought? So, what is the process that you employ to identify who the best partners are 
and where the biggest opportunities lie? Because surely you're not just providing finance to anyone with a farm. Yes, definitely, Aki. And, and, and I think you touched on a, on a key driver there is we look for the industries that are high-value crops. So, the, you know, demand is outstripping supply. Um, and that's really to be able to hit the financial metrics, to be able to offer um, the funding that we give to farmers as investments to, you know, retail investors or institutional investors. So there's always uh, three driving principles that we assess um, when having a look at a farm and doing our deep dive due diligence. And, um, you know, colloquially within Fed Group of Stoners are three Ps. So the first element that we all assess is people. So one of our core driving principles within Fed Group is people first. So we uh, have a look at how involved are the farmers in terms of uplifting the community around these farms? How do they treat their employees? Is there additional employee benefits? Um, you know, how do we unlock the value for the people that are around these farms and that work within those farms? And through our various um, skills and offerings within Fed Group, we then assess how much value can be unlocked for these farmers? You know, being able to to bring a percentage of profits off these farms into infrastructure development for their communities, and um, being able to employ more people from the local communities to help uplift communities. These are all core drivers when we're looking at the people element. Then the second element is planet. So we know this planet is the only one we have, and with such focus being on climate change at the moment. We have to look at how do we mitigate against it? How do we do our part to reduce our carbon emissions, to be able to become net zero for these operations that we that we involved in? And we do that through various mechanisms. So, you know, a lot of the time we're dealing with uh, very professional, competent farmers who have a proven track record uh, in the sector that they operate in. Um, and they really have a proof of concept in terms of, let's follow through on the macadamia example, that they have some orchards already producing so that we can analyze um, their performance against industry norms, against global sector norms, but, but mm. also assessing the climatic conditions of the area that they want to expand into. Um, how much reliance do they put on pesticides and chemicals and, and, and um, how do they treat the earth around it? So are they following more regenerative uh, farming practices? Do they try add... Uh, more organic matter into the soil? How do they manage the water? And then we look at through our ability to bring technology onto the farm through one of our various sister companies, you know, meters to be able to control how much water is being used, how much fertilizer is being used. Mm, mm. But at the same time, bringing experts such as agronomists to say, well, how do we improve on the soil microbiome to be able to have to rely less on uh, fertilizers? And um, how do we increase biodiversity on these farms um, to be able to drive the ability to sustain drought or flooding. You know, these are all elements that we bring in onto the, the, the funding model that we get involved with these farmers on to be able to drive uh, less reliance on these inputs, thereby reducing the cost of those inputs, but also then uh, bringing additional revenue streams onto their farms. So, okay, I'm not sure if you're aware, but we're involved in a queen honeybee breeding project yes so we able yes. to in a laboratory breed a queen and uh, create uh, swarms so we forever increase in our uh, swarms under management so being able to then bring these swarms onto the onto the farms so that then the farmer doesn't have to pay for pollination services they get honey as an additional revenue stream onto their farm but even just driving the biodiversity of having permanent bees on the farm and having 
those bees working on those flowers of those gnats for 12 weeks instead of just hiring them in for four weeks is a key driver to to improving profitability, increasing yield, mm. increasing the quality of the produce and bringing additional revenue streams on. You know, are we able to bring one of our solar systems and try to take the far off grid or at least reduce the cost of electricity? These are all parts and parcel of, of what we bring as part of our um, cost of our funding, as part of our funding offering, and as part of our partnership model that we have with these farms. So we never just bring in access to capital to these farmers. We bring access to a whole suite of experts that are able to help unlock value. Um, we bring in a suite of sister companies such as an EPC uh, that will design a solar system and project management and then maintain it after we've set it up. All of these are elements that we bring in together as part of the funding to say, you know, will it tick the boxes? Then we do a lot of uh, yeah. stress testing the results against the forward-looking uh, financial models that we build out. And we, and, and we build in sensitivities so that we say if there is a total crop failure or if there is a flood or drought, what returns can these farms still generate? So we're always prudent in our approach in saying that at a worst-case scenario, does it still tick the boxes of being able to generate the third principle, which is profits. So okay. being able to say, is it already a going concern? Are they generating profits? And how much can we improve that profitability so that we can share that increasing profits on the farm through scaling and access to various uh, skills and technology and thereby help generate those returns for our investors by being directly linked to the increasing profitability on this project. That's so amazing. I mean, really... Really optimizing the entire process. 100%. So we've realized that, you know, being as deeply vertically integrated into these projects is key to be able to help them unlock um, value. So if we know that a pack house for those macadamias in an area might not be able to handle an additional thousand hectares of macadamias, we'll work together with them in being able to then fund an additional pack house, taking that pack house off the grid. Being able to make use of biogas to drive uh, energy generation. All of these are elements that we're looking to, to get involved in around our chosen sectors so that we help uh, the, the sector grow, we help um, add uh, you know, uh, to the GDP of the country, but it's a help with the infrastructure to be able to handle any increase in the production that goes on. So we, we, we've spoken about agriculture um, yeah. and, and it's an incredible process when you get technology involved and technology starts streamlining the process. And, you know, you mentioned IoT and energy solutions and agriculture is fascinating, but you're also involved in the green energy space. And we know how big green energy is at the moment. Please tell us about your involvement there and, uh, and, and, and the green energy space, because it's really becoming a huge, huge investment globally. No, definitely. You know, we need to be able to alleviate the stress that's been put on our grid, uh, mainly through production capabilities, but also being able to de-risk businesses um, in terms of um, energy reliance, reliance on the grid, you know, battery backup systems so that they can keep uh, trading or um, generating power when uh, the grid is down. So being able to to put a, a solar system uh, is the first win, you know, uh, in terms of the radiance levels in South Africa, we have some of the best sunshine around the world. So essentially, we almost see it as a part of agriculture because we farm in the sun. So being able to to know that 
uh, we're able to then um, generate electricity for the various businesses that we're involved in and be that commercial industrial rooftops that is looking at um, energy for the farmers. You know, their mm. businesses are heavily reliant on electricity usage. So they go very hand in hand with being able to generate returns, being able to lower the energy costs. So, uh, you know, we saw the, the value in being able to bring an alternative energy uh, um, source to the market, and because of that, uh, we bought a uh, our own EPC uh, solar company. Um, so they able to now re-engineering design of these various systems as well as the the financial modeling. So you know, being able to link to thirty years worth of weather data so that we can accurately forecast how many sunlight hours we'll have. Being able to measure the peaks um, of usage of the power so that we can match the size of the system very closely to be able to drive the returns for the landlords, but also drive the returns of the funding of those sites uh, into our world. So a lot of work goes into being able to, to, to get the right system on the right rooftop and in the right area, but also being able to be diversified. So if you look at something like our solar fund, being able to have sites spread out all the that follows the same methodology as our agricultural fund, whereby we involve in multiple sectors within agriculture mm. so that we know if one um, uh, is doing really well, there might be one that's slightly underperforming, but on a portfolio level, um, we're still generating great returns because of that diversification in it. So, you know, power being such a, uh, such a key part of every person's life and of every business, it was definitely a, an area that we spotted opportunity and in, that we had to fill uh, to be able to generate mm. returns. Gee, it, it's interesting. I've been watching that part of your business as well. Absolutely fascinating. Now, in addition to providing funding across all these projects that you spoke about, tell us a little bit more about how you add value to um, you know, improving the returns and sustainability of the projects. I mean, you touched on Looking at the weather patterns uh, 30 years ahead, I mean, there you're getting some sort of predictability on what your return is going to be like. But I'm sure there are lots and lots of other interesting factors that you look at. Yes, definitely. So, and really, I think we have to make some assumptions and, and really looking at it like a worst case scenario. So, if you look at um, even just El Nino and El Nino, some of the weather patterns that are taking place and how they are drastically changing to what the norm has been you know being able to almost preempt one of these risks and being able to say well how do we look at uh, building a dam on the projects that we involved in so that we can secure water for up to three years for that farmer being able to look at uh, a reduction in some of the chemical usage through looking after the soil where the crops are being grown these are all elements that uh, and assumptions that we bring to the party through a use of various network of, of experts to be able to say well this is going to first of all mitigate any risk against these projects to to a certain degree but also help drive those yields help drive the quality of uh, any projects that's coming off these farms the ability to generate your own electricity these are all all elements that we bring into every project that we involve in because we know they're going to be cre uh, critical elements in terms of yes. um, protect capital that's been deployed there but it's at driving those returns that we can then offer to our investors. So um, we're constantly assessing what's out there in the market, constantly on top of new technological advances, 
so that we can really be the early adopters in terms of being able to bring technology into the hands of our partners and um, help drive returns um, throughout the sectors that we're involved in. Very interesting. When you look at Fed Group and you've spoken about all of these things that you guys invest in and optimize and yielding great returns, what is the benefit to Fed Group of being involved in these sustainable projects? And I imagine there's so many different factors. I'm just thinking about the good that you're doing to the planet for one. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's, it's about the money that counts, right? And the returns to your investors. Most definitely, Aki. And yes, it, it does really feel good, you know. At a click of a button, um, through our, our central system that runs everything within Group, I can tell you how many light bulbs have been powered through our solar uh, energy, how many liters of water have we saved, how many job hours have we created, how many bees are we housing within our beehives, you know, these are all, all critical elements that um, uh, really make you feel good, first of all. But at the same time, make it a tangible, measurable metric that you can report on. So being able to report um, these metrics is a key driver to being able to attract capital um, and being able to, to tick the boxes, especially when you're linking them towards something like the, 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 the 17 Sustainable Goals of the UN or, you know, an ESG framework. They really become very powerful. But at the same time, being able to generate increased returns through utilizing um, those principles is a sort of key driver. So being able to, mm. first of all, attract capital because of the metrics that and, and the principles that we base our investment decisions on. And secondly, being able to generate market-leading returns from these assets. You know, So they go hand in hand. And uh, more and more, we find investors actually caring what is the investment doing? They want to be able to have yeah. a report that says your investment has ticked these boxes by creating so many job hours or powering so many light bulbs. So there's definitely a feel-good element, but being able to look at the track record of uh, the actual returns that these investments are generating is one of the key drivers. So not only for feed group, but really being able to drive um, a, a simplistic approach for an investor to get involved. So. Sure, there's a lot that goes on in the background, um, a lot of work, a lot of asset management to ensure that those metrics are being are met. But we really try to simplify the ability to invest in them for a, an investor. So having a look at something like our impact farming platform, whereby a retail investor can get the returns from a single asset, all the way up to something like our endowment investment, where it's investing into those underlying funds and generating returns like that, you know, are all quite simple investment mechanisms yeah. for uh, for the for the uh, investment uh, landscape. So, I mean, when when you talk about benefits uh, for your investors, what about the uh, the what are the benefits for investors who are not your farming partners, for example? Do they do they also benefit from this? Yes, definitely. So the way that we've modeled uh, the investments for, let's say, like the retail investor, somebody who's not a partner, you know, they are earning returns that are linked directly to real assets on the ground. So, you know, they are delinked from market sentiment. So if uh, interest rates are raised by the Fed, you know, there's no impact. Your tree is still going to be producing that um, your, the sun's still going to be shining and the early returns in terms of electricity usage. So a very key element of driving value for the investments is being linking that from market sector. 
you know, having it uh, counter-cyclical in nature is so quite an element. So we know that uh, inflationary pressure, even if you just look at inflation in food, like, you know, so if there's large pressures in terms of uh, uh, inflation in those areas, but that leads it once again to the returns increasing for the investors to these projects, because a lot of the time it tracks inflation and um, it's almost like a national inflation. If you look at um, a lot of the produce coming off our farms, like you mentioned around macadamias, we're the largest exporter in the world. So around 90% of the projects that we involve in the agricultural space, that produce is exported. So there's a natural inflation hedge built into your underlying investment. So we all know what the rent mean. It's extremely volatile. Um, but being able to, to sell the produce in a hard currency offshore allows you to edge against inflation. So that is as a pass on to the investors. And then also the investors' returns being linked to the performance of the assets is also great. So we know that we're bringing uh, technology models and ways of doing business that is going to increase the profitability. And that increase in profitability is also passed on to the investors because their returns are directly linked to the performance of those underlying assets. So, you know, uh, historically at FedGroup, we have over a 30-year track record with one of our main focuses being commercial property finance. So having real assets and being involved with tangible assets is in our blood. Uh, and, and we always go to drive that tangibility of, of investors knowing exactly what type of assets are generating their returns. That's amazing. I mean, when you look at the, 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 the launch of your impact farming, and it's been, you know, several years now, how, how have these investments been performing? Are you getting a good return on these investments? Yeah, for sure. So one thing to keep in mind is, is we've started investing into these sectors around 10 years ago, and we only started uh, releasing impact farming around seven years ago. So, okay. you know, we funded everything off our own balance sheets, we, we got our models really fine-tuned and, and we learned the lessons in terms of how to mitigate the risks. Um, and we're constantly able to measure um, the, the, the metrics coming off those farms. So uh, we are able to then track the models that we built against actual performance. We're able to constantly tweak the farming methodologies in collaboration with our partners to be able to drive constant yields. And uh, so far to date... Uh, 80% of, of the investments that we've made are exceeding the models that we've built out and actually going to earn more than our forecasted returns. So we're really happy in terms of our approach um, to be able to offer these investments to the markets. Um, and a lot of the time there's macroeconomic as well as microeconomic factors that are influencing the ability to generate returns. But because of our prudent approach in terms of developing those financial models, we're able to um, either mitigate against it or we've already taken it into consideration in terms of um, the underlying uh, operations that are in place. So, you know, we're constantly looking for new sectors to get involved in as well as those more established sectors within the country whereby we know we're able to generate returns for investors. And to date, like I mentioned, around 80% of our investments um, are exceeding the, our models. Oh, that's great. That's amazing stuff. Uh, you've spoken a lot about sustainability and how it should be done. And it sounds like you guys have got it really scientifically uh, on, on paper and it seems to be working. 
how do you know that you're actually making a positive impact that you're talking about? Are you, I mean, you, you can obviously measure it. Um, and yep. are those measurements correlating with uh, global trends of really making a difference? Yes, definitely. And, and, you know, because of our technology in the background and our system that everything feeds into, as an impact farming investor, you can actually see your single asset, the impact that it's made. Um, we can drill down into a project and see the impact that that project has made. Or we can look at a full portfolio of everything that we've been involved in and what difference have we made. So really being able to be proactive and say we're approaching mm an investment to actually do good instead of do less bad really bucks the trend ar ar around the global um, landscape of uh, what's going on with um, ESG investing or impact investing. So being able to have um, that those metrics measured and uh, reported on is a great way of, of, of achieving um, a sustainability goals that we set out for ourselves. And we're really seeing that through our methodology and our principles that we're able to actually do better than uh, what the majority of people are doing out there because of our approach to it and our use of technology. Absolutely fascinating. I love the stuff that you guys are doing at Fed Group. Warren Winchester, General Manager for Ventures at Fed Group. Thank you for joining us on this episode of What's Next. Thanks so much, Aki, and yep, keep well.